What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday. It's episode three of the Sunday Sauce. We're starting to get a little bit of a groove here. Another week in, another week closer to sports being back. Joey Coffee, what's up? Not much, man. What about you? Just getting by the quarantine. Getting by, getting by. Apologize to all the fans, by the way. We're recording on a Friday night instead of our usual Saturday. Um, Joey Coffee has to go back to Boston tomorrow. So uh, if you miss any relevant and uh, breaking news, throw it on uh, Mr. Coffee. Actually, he tweeted at uh, Brother Bill. He's the guy doing all of my social media. So, mm. talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. No, I just I have some hired muscle. I'm going to use it. Got to put him to yeah. use. Always, always getting your fight spot for him. All that's, right, let's get into sure. it. We're starting a new official segment here, the Big Four Breakdown. If you live under a rock and don't know what the Big Four sports are, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, National Football League, and the NBA. Wanted to get more into a routine here so you folks know what you're listening for, when you're listening for it. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the MLB recap. Um, nothing too, too crazy. I think we, we had a little bit of news yesterday where the, the league is going to have something out to the teams and, and players in terms of a proposal uh, for, for a June spring training and then a shortened season beginning in July, maybe July 4th. What say you, Joey? Yeah, that's what it seems like now. I know we mentioned it last time. I don't know if that's like the official plan. Um, if it is, again, I said I was all for it, and I still am. Um, just that now I think the league is making it official that they're going to actually tell the players what the actual plan is. So I'm curious to see how the players react, how the owners react, because it's, it's, I think it's going to come down to like a dispute, like the Players' Tribune and the owners or something like that, where they're going to butt heads. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we just get baseball back, man, because KBO – started up this week um and my team already stinks so i need the yankees back in my life because i picked the sk wyverns which a wyvern is a dragon if you guys didn't know and i go on like, i go on like twitter to find the scores of the game and i see like an i see an owl in the stands and i'm like who's the owl and he's got an uh, an sk wyvern jersey on and I'm like, why would you not have a guy in like a big ass like dragon suit or something? And I go on Twitter and they're like, yeah, here's our new official mascot, like whatever his name was, the owl. How are you gonna be called like the, how are you gonna be called the dragons and you got an owl in the stands? I don't understand. So I don't know. I think I don't know. I'm not out in the KBO yet, but I got I got duped. I got bamboozled. Not, I'm, not, not I'm, only, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. And they're all they're they're also one and three. They they suck. So I don't know. And what I'm not doing. not only are they there's the wyvern or whatever however you say it, a yeah. dragon. They have this. If you go on on your blog on our blog, <laughs> you you posted the YouTube clip of this five G massive dragon. Yeah, they have that the flies sick. around the game. It's sick, dude. It looks like Game of Thrones, like happening in a baseball stadium. And then they roll out this owl and they just throw you for a whirlwind. whirlwind. What does that um, mean? Why is it why is it an owl? I don't understand. Ancient proverb. I don't know. And you get lucky. You see dinos, guys. baby. Yeah, they're nasty. Dinos. What are they? What are they? Four and zero. They, they're four and zero. I haven't watched a single inning or highlight yet because they play at one a.m. <laughs> or five thirty a.m. So I can't say I'm the most loyal fan, but I did write my 
my commitment blog to them after you did. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, they have yeah, this jacked-ass dinosaur mascot. He wears a bunch of cool little, like, wristbands. I don't know if they're, like, the silly bands that we used to wear, but he has, like, 100 of them on his wrist. And he's this massive dude. And they also have this um, song that plays so long to the tune of Baby Shark. And it's uh, obviously sung uh, in their native language. And it's encouraging people to social distance and hygiene the right way. That's the song that they sing to the Baby Shark tune. And there's another there's another dinosaur mascot that we have that's on that you song. two? And I'm saying we because I'm, I'm on board. I'm going to start watching eventually. I'll stay up so you get two dinosaurs and I get dinosaurs. an owl. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm off. I'm off. I'm done. Off. I'm done. All right. Speaking of off, we'll, we'll get off. Yeah, we'll get off MLB. I miss you baseball so freaking much. RIP Don Shula. Moving on to the NFL yeah. portion of our Big Four breakdown. Um, I'm gonna go real hot take here. I don't care, all you Bill Belichick Patriots fans. Don Shula is an absolute legend. He changed the game. I know Belichick has your six rings or whatever, however many rings he has, but this man, Don Shula. Run through his his just massive stats real quick. Two two Super Bowls. One one in my mind is enough is hard enough to get. Two is insane. Anything beyond that, even crazier. Most wins ever as a head coach, and the only coach to have an undefeated season. Full he season. Also won, he also won the league before the Super Bowl, Frank. He won the league also, so he basically has three because he won right. that before the Super Bowl started. He won that. And they and I was actually watching a little ESPN the day that he he passed, unfortunately, and they had uh, Larry Zonka on, obviously legendary back and he was just he was, saying how yes Don Shula was like a coach to him and now that he's gone he realizes how much of a father figure he was and I think that just adds to the aura of who Don Shula is and, and my dad's a big Dolphins fan so my whole life growing up I just heard how yeah. amazing Don Shula was um and it's just a big testament to big testament to him and I know he changed the game forever and people will kind of live vicariously through through him Perfect. um QB news. I know we touched on it last week. We didn't have landing spots for Dalton and Cam Newton when we recorded. Dalton got signed that next day. So we need to touch upon the Red Rocket going to Dallas. And what does this mean for Mr. Dak Prescott? I don't know, man. I don't think it really means anything. It's At this point in their careers, Dak Prescott is a lot better than Dalton. Um, a few years ago, obviously a different story, but even still then, I mean, Dak's a better athlete, but Dalton had like the proven success in his career. Um, but the one thing that's concerning, if I was, you know, if I was Dak or even like a fan of Dak, which I'm not, but either way, he hasn't gotten his money yet. Um, so again, I don't think it means much. I think it's kind of like a safety blanket that God forbid he gets hurt or something weird happens. Um, falling back on Dalton is better than most teams can say. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think agree, dude. I think it's a, it's a move. It's a safety blanket move, which is not. I don't know. The Cowboys. I don't know, man. They always do some weird shit like this. They don't need. They didn't need, didn't need a quarterback. They didn't need a receiver, and they stole Lamb. I'm not. I'm not going back to the draft. But <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? So, I think the the Cowboys, and I hate the Cowboys. Um, but nonetheless, they they got a steal here. They signed him for what three million dollars? Just like for that, context. Yeah. Um. Future NFL Hall of Famer Nathan Peterman makes yeah. $2.1 million. Shout out all you Bills fans out there who I know you love Nathan Peterman. Makes $2.1 million. And Dalton out here who's been a seasoned veteran. He's only 31. He's not, like, old, old by means. He's been in four oh, playoff seasons. Like, 
he's worth more than $3 million. So the Cowboys are here saying, hey, man, like if this Dak franchise tagging or whatever doesn't work out, we have a legitimate quarterback who can come in and start and you can just hand the ball off to Zeke or throw it to your seven receiver, stud receivers you have and like that'll work too. So they stole him. Um, I think the bigger thing here is that I think this affects other teams more so than the Cowboys. Like now, like Cam Newton is the guy to get now. So I mean, yep. does this mean Cam, does this mean Cam Newton to the Pats? Like, is that a done deal or what? What happens now with Cam? I don't. Know. Everyone, I, I don't everyone know. in the world, everyone in the world said Dalton the Pats like no brainer. Like it was a hundred percent going to happen. Like without question. Mm-hmm. Then this happens. Like so now, where does that where does that leave Cam Newton? I don't know. I, I genuinely, I, I genuinely think that you have to look at the injury history of Cam just simply because of how many hits he takes. Like there's no quarterback in his tenure since being in the league that gets hit like Cam Newton. I know he's bigger than everybody. Luck and is. He, luck and he's gone. <laughs> luck yeah, out a lot. Right. He's done. Exactly. He, he said I quit. <laughs> um, it's, it's tough. It's tough to think about, but you know, it's, it's a very interesting topic to kind of continue following the, the Cam Newton saga. Um, one thing I want to touch on before we go into the wild Earl Thomas story is mm-hmm. Jalen Rose is Jalen Rose trying to weigh in in the NFL. Oh, yeah. When I was watching the segment on ESPN, they weren't trying to bring him in to talk about the NFL. They were kind of moving to NBA, but he happened to be on that. And he just comes in and just like disrespects Andy Dalton and just roasts him saying that like, he can't hold a candle to Dak. Like, why are people discussing this is even a competition? And like, <laughs> he kind of, he kind of can hold a candle. To it's Dak definitely a competition. Like this, that's better. It's like, most teams have like a guy and like an absolute scrub who's not gonna like, compete. Like this, like Andy Dalton can play football. Like I like yes, we're talking Jalen about Rose. eight or nine. Eight I nine like Jalen Rose. Starter. Yeah, so I yeah, like Jalen Rose. I think he's, I think he's trying to stir it up. I know he was. He was just hot taken. But like Dalton's eight or nine year starter. He's been in four playoff, four years of playoffs. I know he lost and like he has, hasn't had the best statistics in the playoffs. But again, he's a very capable person playing for a lot of shitty Bengals teams. So I don't know how much of that is his fault. But um. My mind has been on this since we started recording the Earl mm-hmm. Thomas shit. Crazy, dude. I, I want Absolutely you to take crazy. it away because you're, you're a hell of a storyteller, so I kind of want you to paint the picture for everybody right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of go off script here, kind of give you the spark notes. I don't have all the details, so I don't think we need them. Um, long story short, Earl Thomas and his brother Seth um, were involved in what seemed to have been an orgy. Um, so, A – pretty weird that you're you and your brother are doing that i don't know man that's some i don't have i don't have our brother frank you do you tell me it, that's weird i think it's weird um but then the end result was earl thomas's wife then like holding him at gunpoint um and to even go on top of that the, the to me the frank the craziest thing here is that when earl thomas like addressed this he's all he said was shit happens if that like I don't want to I don't want to know whenever Earl Thomas is ever in like crisis mode or if he's ever like in like a bad situation. If this if getting into an orgy with your brother and your wife almost shooting you is shit happens, um, I'd really hate to be Earl Thomas on a bad day because I don't know what that entails. What do you What do you think about this? I, I again I don't have a brother, but you do. To me, it's just, that's it's super weird, man. It's super weird. Yeah, um, well, we'll separate what Nick and I do in our in our spare time. I don't need to be <laughs> going to going to going to whatever pound town, whatever you want to call it, with with my brother around. But Earl, I hope you I hope you figure it out, and I I hope everything goes okay on your guys' end. Crazy. Because 
not a good situation. Um, but what is a good situation is another bright spot in the NFL world, schedule release. Yeah, what I was going to say. Yesterday, let's go. Um, I'm going to just go on, the, on the, the Bills Mafia wagon real quick. Four primetime games. I love yeah, they're it. Electric. They're electric. It's what people need. Um, I don't know how many years in a row combined it has taken to get them to four primetime games over the last, like, 15 or 20 years, but to have four in one year is absurd. Do you know when they make these schedules? Because there's a game – there's, like, a Jets-Pats game on Monday night. Like, why? The game's going to be awful. <laughs> the State of Arnold Bowl? My, my guess is that they made it before when they still had Brady, but I don't, I don't know how far in advance they make that. But quick note yeah, for they, my I mean, they do have thing. to plan – they do have to plan – That's what I figured. Just because, like, at least coming from my world where – more than just football games happen at these stadiums. Like a lot of they have the concerts and stuff right. like that and stuff like that. They have to plan around all that and, and shape shift. So yeah, it, it could have been that way. But um, our boys, our, our eagle, your Eagles, my Packers, I say, yeah. in Lambeau. Um, yeah. If we if we start making a little more money again, come that time, we have to make a little road trip out there. That would be awesome to see. Um, and I was gonna say for my bird gang, I'm I don't know. The schedule looks tough. I didn't. I didn't like it. Honestly, it's a tough schedule. Um, we obviously have some gimmies in the division with you know just two duster of teams of the Giants and the Skins. But I don't know, man. I saw it first glance. I was thinking like you know eight and eight, nine and seven, not great. But who knows, man? How do you feel about the pack schedule? Um, it's gonna be tough early on. Opening up with the Vikings. Um, you never know what the Lions do. Like whether they suck or not, they always put up a good fight. Then I'm going to New Orleans, playing the, the new look Falcons with Gurley. Then going to Tampa. I'm actually looking to plan a plan. Actual trip. new look too. They got some yeah. poopy New Jerseys. I texted uh texted our boy Reno yesterday and his dad and my dad in the group chat. I go Tampa trip, Rogers Brady. Mm-hmm. And uh big big Reno had a, had some choice words for me. But I mean after that it's Texans, Vikings again, Niners. We even got the Colts in there, obviously the Eagles. I'm not even gonna mention the Bears. Screw them. Um, and then Titans at home later in the year too. So like there's there's some big games that the pack have that I'm I'm pumped to watch, just like those big games. But it's gonna be a gauntlet. Um and we'll see if any turmoil ensues with the uh the drafting of Jordan Love and if Rogers gets unhappy and wants to leave, which I hope to God doesn't happen. But you know, I'm thinking worst case scenario right now since I'm still like yeah. you are rattled from draft day. Um but if you got nothing else, give me anything else nah, on the NFL that's side ever, of things you good? No, nah, that's it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, we're going to go on to the NHL side of things now. Again, just because I'm in the NHL world, it's kind of cool to, to, to hear in general what's going on. Um, we're going to positive side of things. Uh, we're hoping to get players back on the ice within the next 10 days in some capacity um, to start practicing again. Um, I, I, this, none of this is written in, in, in stone, so just just keep it, keep it written in sand. Um, on our ends, like we had a pretty cool call with, with – our operations team company or company wide. And they were just talking about some pretty cool contingency plans that we have to like make arenas safer when we do come back. Like I'm not going to get into all that stuff, um, but just mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to hear like what they're looking to do to make things safer, to figure out, to make the ingress and egress of the stadiums easier. And this, this can be related to all sports as well. Um, so that was fascinating to hear about um, in terms of start of the season for, for hockey, looking hopefully around a mid July restart, it's going to be away from home. Um, obviously, in our area specifically, in North Jersey, New York City area, we're getting crushed with the coronavirus. Um, and then the next tw- next season, 2021 season, probably won't start until December. 
um, which is two months later than it usually would. And I'm honestly not mad about it. The fact that we started this past season October 4th was mind boggling to me. Like that's like week three or four of the that's NFL early, season. Right? Like, that's early, yeah, right? In my opinion, like you're not competing with the NFL. Like they're in the first quarter of their season. They're going to start hockey season. Like, yeah. So I, I think it's going to long-term be a great thing to do if they continue keeping it um, starting in, in, um, in December. The draft probably won't happen until the season finishes, but specifically with the Devils, we got a good shot of getting three top picks, three top 17 picks in this draft, which is pretty nice. We, we could use it. Um, two more things like, just specifically. Like that happens a lot, Frank. I don't know. Yeah, we've been struggling. Since I, got, I could be the mush, by the way. <laughs> I spent two, two seasons now here, and um, we had two, like, promising off-seasons, like the hype train, like the, we're the Browns of, of, the, of the NHL, where it's like the hype train, getting oh, them one pick, good. sign a bunch of guys, and then, yeah, we don't, we don't pan out. But, you know, we're still positive. We got a lot of young talent, a lot of money to spend. Um, but cool, two cool things um, that we did and some other teams in the league are doing as well. One is the progressiveness and offering, like, season ticket holders, a ton of options because um, they're obviously going to miss the final couple games at home this year, um, whether it's just moving as a credit towards next season, the refunds, stuff like that. It's cool that we're giving fans the opportunity to do so. I know a lot of other sports are following suit. So you guys are seeing take members everywhere else. Hopefully your teams are taking care of you in that sense. And then I think the coolest thing to me in all sports, in my opinion, this week was the fact that we donated 10,000 tickets to healthcare workers in the, in the RWJ Barnabas um, healthcare system under a massive partner of ours and it was super cool to kind of see that we're donating that many tickets um very proud of my organization and being a part of it but i know other teams are going to follow suit so nhl is yeah. doing a great job right now keeping us in the loop but um moving so, on to our final of the big four the nba another last dance weekends yes sir so last dance um i'm a huge fan frank i know you've been watching it too it's awesome um this last time we saw it was basically a breakdown of like any time that the Bulls GM Jerry Krause like said he even like liked someone or was like looking at him for like a potential like free agent or like a trade. Jordan and Pippen were like, okay, let's go, let's go just murder this person. Um, so they showed Tony Kukoc, who was like, I didn't realize he could, he could play that well, Frank. I know he, I know he was part of like the Bulls legacy and he's a solid player. Um, but I didn't know he like basically ran Europe uh, during the '90s when he played. Um, so yeah. Jordan Pippen get win that Jerry Krause is going to bring on Tony Kukoc. Uh, and about side note is when Charles Barkley called him Kukoc. Uh, that was <laughs> all time. Um, but so they just absolutely go out there and just beat him up. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, they weren't going to beat the, the dream team, but the fact that like Jordan and Pippen, they took it like, like a personal slight um, when they were already winning like every game in the NBA anyway, uh, I just found them absolutely hilarious. But and Pimmon goes, Funniest. this boy can't play in the league. He can't play in the league. He's not good enough. Yeah, so disrespectful. <laughs> and they ended up being their teammate, and then they're all obviously boys now. It's just yeah, funny yeah, how yeah. they're just like, just like ultra competitive. Like, I mean, I don't have them in my body. Like, I, I like to compete, but those guys, like, if you lost, like, anything, like, they want to actually kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funniest part about the whole documentary is that when they're showing that Monte Carlo practice, like, the best basketball game ever played, uh, just 11 of these absolute freaks of nature, like, just the best NBA players to ever live in, they show a highlight of Christian Leitner going for like a layup, and he gets, he gets absolutely mangled at the rim by someone. And he gets like absolutely thrown into the hardwood, just like stuffed. And I can only imagine two things: like what was going through Christian Leitner's head when they're playing like pickup games. Obviously, he gets picked last. Like, but being him, like I, I'd be so scared of playing those guys. And two, imagine Isaiah Thomas at home right now, like watching this, like. He could have been a part of, like, the best basketball team ever. One of the best, like, stories. Like, those guys all ended up being pretty close after that, um, give or take a few of the guys. 
Um, he's just sitting on his every, thumb. Sitting dude, on his thumb at home. But, and, but he knows that he should have been on that yeah. team, and he has and he has to watch Christian Leitner try and play against them, and he took his spot, and he's getting absolutely bullied by yeah. every like, – just getting tossed on the little kid trying to go for – why would he ever shoot? If I do pass the ball every time, he like drove the lane, and someone just absolutely packed him mm-hmm. up and threw him down. Maybe um, I, I that, shouldn't have been a sore loser, and all those and all those L's he got to the to the the Lakers and South. I guess yeah, I guess the lesson here is that uh, yeah, shake shake more hands is the lesson yeah. from the last dance. Um, and also some of the uh, the quarter toss, now the uh, new game of the century. Um, so that man's name was John Michael Wozniak. Unfortunately, he passed away in January. Um, he ended up being like Jordan's security guard uh, for most of Jordan's career. Like they were very good buddies. Um, a bunch of cool stories have come out since uh, his passing. I think his son's been telling a lot of cool stories about how him and Jordan were boys, and they just did a lot of stuff together. Um, but the fact that, dude, he, when he hit Jordan with like hit Jordan with a shrug, like this show has so much like like one time moments, or, like one liners, like Scotty Pippen, not gonna fuck up my summer. He got one in this episode. What I'll get to in a second from Rodman, um, and also this guy just hits Jordan with the with a shrug when he beats him in quarter toss is just legendary. I feel like if anyone else did that, that Jordan, like, didn't know, he would have, like, legit, like, fought on the spot. Right. And, dude, that goes back to your point of how ultra-competitive these dudes are. MJ, before a basketball game, is throwing quarters against the I wall know, with security and he's all guards. The, he needs all the money in the world, too. Like, yes. he needs to gamble. And just keep going. Like, I'm not I'm not done until I win. And then the dude, like, is, like, tiptoe skipping and, like, yes, shrugging dude. on him. I'm like, dude. The guy's a man. Get him. Get him. Um, um, but yeah, go to, go to the Rodman shit. I, I, I'm, okay, I'm yeah, falling so, in love with Dennis Rodman like more and more, and I wish bro, I got to like watch him play. But yeah, keep, I think keep I think I think yeah, I think this one's better than Scottie Pippen's line. Um, so obviously Jordan and Scottie love to golf, and they would golf like before games. So they show a clip of them getting off like a team bus, and uh, I think I think I think it was Phil Jackson like asked Rodman if he was gonna go golf with the guys. He goes, "Quote, nah, I'm going to Hooters for ass and titties." Ass and if that wasn't the most Dennis Rodman thing ever said, and if, if you thought he was going to go play golf instead of do that, then obviously you have not been paying attention to the last dance. Um, yeah, Dennis Rodman, just like, it's just so funny how, like, he fits into this whole narrative. Like, this guy who, like, really shouldn't belong. Like, like what, ultimately, like, he was he was the cog that, like, drove that team to, like, all those rings because he was just, like, so ferocious while he played, but, like, the funniest guy off the court. Um, so I love that he's a part of it. And then oh, – yeah. We we uh, we learned that Jordan does not have a gambling problem. He has a competition problem. So I don't know how he, I've never heard that before, but that is like the definition of all of us degenerate gamblers. I know you're not a big gambler for one, but like I know just that's spinning it. Any any time you pay out your bookie or you're going on DraftKings and just like depositing more money, I'm not. A, I don't got a gambling problem. I just I need competition. I need it in my blood. I need it in my blood. Like every bet you make, and he's right. He's so right. Um, unless you really can't stop gambling, like please call one eight hundred gambler, whatever the hotline is. But <laughs> for me personally, like it is, it really is. And like the NFL draft, for example, like pumped, like I'm in there. Let's go. I, I need to, I need to like I know like first win action. some bets. Like nothing to do with the gambling aspect. I just wanted to like feel that winning, that winning, that winning itch again. So also, can we agree that that's a top top five worst times to wear a sung to wear sunglasses when you're trying to deny like allegations of you like being a like a bad gambler poker his poker face like, that was why why would he wear sunglasses in an interview like they're gonna yeah. think like okay like, a like he's probably high which yeah. Jordan didn't do that but like, like it's gonna only bring on bad speculation what do you want to do that but <laughs> anyway um so tonight's episodes uh it's gonna be about Jordan obviously quitting the Bulls to go play baseball uh spoiler alert 
he sucks at baseball. Um, and also about how Scotty takes over the Bulls and, and went off and had a great year. And some were saying it's like Phil Jackson, like best year. Obviously, you like you lose the best player ever, and you still mm-hmm. make it to the playoffs and whatnot. So, uh, gonna be a big time Phil and Scotty episode. So, yeah, obviously gonna watch, gonna enjoy it. But besides that, the NBA, Frank, I know like there hasn't been like that much talk like the season starting. There was a bit more today. Um, if you want to get more into that, I know you saw it before I did about what the NBA is planning to do with the actual season for this year. Yeah, I briefly saw on ESPN the three. There's three teams that are letting their, their players back in, and when they do that, and again, this is from what I saw on ESPN. So like, I'm not just yeah bullshitting. Um, I saw it's gonna be like only four players allowed on the court at a time, and they're gonna be bringing their own balls to the court. Um, and they can't use the locker room, so you have to like come dressed and ready to go. And this just like brought me back to like our GBA tournaments growing up like or your your, your travel ball yeah, you, show, like, you show up like fully dressed <laughs> shoes already on headband let's go let's ball um so that's kind of the worst and the when you go to a game in the winter and like you walk out like you like your shorts and your tank top on it's snowing outside yeah. and you go like ball and the guy like, right play you walk in shivering beat red scratched all over yes. hairs <laughs> flopping all over the place so yeah that's what we got on the nba side again some some good news um We'll see when if they get going again and when there's the speculation of the Christmas Day start for next season. But again, it's all written in the sands. There's no reason to kind of continue speculating. But um, we do have a big interview right now. We're going to toss all of you over to uh, Jason J Mac McElwain. For those of you who don't uh, know Jason, um, he has a very high functioning form of autism, and in his senior year uh, as team manager, he got placed in the game for basketball. Um, nailed six three-pointers, ended up with 20 points total in only four minutes of play. It went absolutely bonkers viral. Um, won an ESPY award, got to meet President Bush. He'll touch upon all this stuff in the interview. I encourage you guys to, to listen through the full thing as well. Um, it's much, much cooler than us rambling on about what we have going on. He, he has some, some very, very important information he wants to share with you about the autism community on top of, of, of all the cool stuff we talk about too. So hope you guys enjoy it and we'll see you on the back end. Welcome everybody to our interview with legend, Jason J. Mac McElwain. Jason is very, very close to Joey and I. Um, he's someone who helped coach us through our, our middle school days and high school days. Um, someone when, when he, had his his big moment. We were in fifth grade. We'll let him touch upon that. But we're super pumped to have you on today, Jay. Know you're a busy man still, working with the kids and teaching and whatnot. But would love for you to uh, tell us a little bit more about about your childhood and just the the year in general that kind of put you on the on the big time map as Jason J Mack Um. Well, I I was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. Um, doctor said I couldn't walk, talk, or put any underpants on. Well, I'm doing all three of those things. I was told I was going to be a vegetable. Um, then I, as my brother was playing sports and all the kids in the neighborhood were playing sports, play you name it, I played football, basketball, baseball, um, tennis, anything in the neighborhood. And then in middle school, I got serious with basketball, cross country and track, and didn't make any of the modified teams. Not even the freshman team for basketball. I was actually a better runner than I was as a basketball player back then. 
And then I got real serious by shooting 502,000 makes a day. And I was still five foot six. And I, I tried out for Coach Amoroso on JV, and he, and he said he liked my effort and passion for the game. He, offered, he was the first coach to offer me as a team manager. And I jumped at it. The duties were to – my role was handing out water in games, running drills in practice, setting up the clock in practice, and shooting sometimes in practice. Um, and I jumped at it and be enthusiastic as I always am. Um, my goal was, when I came into the program, was to win a sectional championship and win Coach Johnson's first championship in sectionals. And more than anything in the world, when we, me and my classmates walked in in seventh grade, my sophomore and junior year, we got beat both times at the buzzer. Um, Athena's always, always a good regular season program under Coach Johnson, but never could get it done in the sectionals. Never could get past the semis in the Blue Cross Arena. We were always, always been snake bit. And after we lost both my sophomore and junior year, my junior year, I was just the team manager. Um, my senior year was a magical year, but it started out very dramatic. I was cut again and was pulled as a team man, put as a team manager. But in the first meeting, he said he was going to give me a senior gift and uh, suit up as a uh, suit me up in a in a jersey on senior night. But I can't promise any playing time. I said, Coach, I just want to win a sexual championship and be a part of it. And the reason why I became a team manager is I wanted all the respect of my teammates um, by doing that. And uh, I loved the game and loved being a part of a team, and it helped me social. Um, socially and to read the book called the game of my life it has all the details of that season um but anyways um after we were going into our christmas tournament in the fairport tournament we won our first game against a team we're much better than but it was a close game um we ended up winning but we played awful and then against fair we were going against fairport in the championship game of that tournament this ended up being a season turnaround, even though we lost. We, but with the shoot around going into that game, Coach Johnson walked in and he goes, I don't even want to go tonight. Unless you can play tougher together and play as a, play as a team and play harder, we'll, we'll lose by 100. And we're like, what? What coach says that? We walked out of the, and it, by a blink of an eye, um, it made us have a 180 turnaround a little bit. We only lose that game by two in overtime. And it turned our season around. Our chemistry started coming together, and we win eight of the last nine. Senior night came. We had to win to clinch us uh, a three-way tie for the league title. And from warm-ups on, my name was being chanted so coach didn't forget. And the six men had popsicle sticks on their on their uh, of my face on their sticks in the sixth man which was unbelievable that year um they were on our they had fan buses at every one of our games it was like what high school sports should be all about still and um four minutes to go uh, four minutes to go with 20 point lead i get put on the court and everyone's going nuts first shot air ball missing a layup and then I hit my first three with 3.12 left. Then three more in a row. And then missed one, and then I hit three more in a row. And then I hit a total of six threes and 20 points in four minutes. After that game, our, the highlights of the game were on CNN, ESPN, 
um, Larry King Live, CBS, all the networks. And it was like Super Bowl week at our sexual practices. And, we, uh, and the media had to be kicked out of practice midweek of our first round of sexuals against Arcadia. We win by 30 first round with all the media behind our bench. Then in the semis where we can never get over, it was our Berlin Wall. Um, we're up 10 going to the fourth quarter, blow that lead. But then we rallied and finally finished him off. And we're going to our first sectional final in Coach Johnson's career against Rondecoit. And we split with during the year. Both games were packed. And with 18 seconds left on the clock, our teammate Steve Kerr, not on the Warriors, but this Steve Kerr from Athena, was one of the best athletes ever come out of there. Hits a go-ahead three with three to go, or with, 18, uh, with seven to go. We get a stop on the other end, and we finally win sectionals. Finally raise the brick. Finally the pressure's off, Coach. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, do it in front of ESPN and CBS. It was just unbelievable to finally get over the hump. Dream that came true is bigger than my game. Um, anything in the world. And then we lose in the state first round against Fairport. After that year was a magical year, but we'll touch on that in the questions. Yeah, Jay, I want to go back to that game where you got in and scored those 20 points in the four minutes. Um, what was going through your head? Like when, when you got in that game, what was going through your mind? And what did it feel like being a Haza pistol? It felt, it was one of those games where I could just throw a ball in the ocean. It was going to go in anyways. <laughs> and, um, it was just an opportunity that was seized because um, a lot of people would, a lot of people struggle when they play. I mean, you can have bad games and good games, and uh, that was one of those nights where the planets aligned. Without a doubt, brother. I, I personally wasn't in attendance for that, but I just remember being at home and like watching the news that night, and I was so crushed that I wasn't there. Um, and, and for everyone who was there, I'm sure it was absolutely epic and just something that they'll never forget. Um, but you, beyond playing, have done some, some pretty cool stuff. Um, one of those things being working with the Colts in Indianapolis and getting to know their teams, especially when Peyton Manning was there, yes. which is super, super cool. Uh, and, and with that being said, wanted to kind of hear more about your favorite player or players that, that you worked with with the Colts. Um, Adam Vinatieri was my favorite um, because I was in charge of him, with him, um, all special teams equipment in practice, and I was very close to him. He was like my best friend on the team. Him and the long snapper, everywhere they went, I went. Um, anything they asked, I had to do my best to fulfill their needs. And I was a, when I was assigned to them, that's – and we got to know each other a little bit more than I knew the rest of the team. So, you know, the rest of the players were awesome, but I had a very close-knit relationship with them. That's super cool. And on the, on, the, on the other side, who gave you the most crap when you were there? Like, who, who, would, who would mess around with you the most? Most crap? Yeah. Who would mess uh, around with you? Who would mess the around with you? Line. When they put <laughs> the me D-line. in an uh, ice bath, yeah, they were the <laughs> ones that gave me the most crap. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Awesome. Um but Jay, kind of coming back to your game real quick and um, kind of just how like your life basically exploded after that. Um, you went on to go to the SPs and actually win an SP award for best moments, 
best sports moment of the year, um, actually over Kobe. Um, so what was it like just being at the ESPYs? And then what was it like meeting Kobe and getting a chance to talk to him? Oh, it, um, the red carpet was unbelievable. Um, when I first walked on the red carpet, it was the year of Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. Um, Vince Young right there on the, right there on the red carpet. Yeah. Um, then it translated into the theater when I was sitting next near Billy Donovan, Chris Fowler. Um, Carmen Electra was right down the road from us. Um, and then I didn't even know if I was going to win that night. So, I mean, it was just an honor to be there. And then uh, getting to shake Kobe's hand um, right on the red carpet and then talking to him in backstage for about a half hour was a great um, conversation. And uh, basically his life lesson has always been, once you hit success, you got to strive for more success. It's a great message to have. And, and you've definitely followed suit, Jay. Now you, you're on to teaching, uh, running marathons, and doing all sorts of things um, on top of basketball. Um, Appreciate that. And on top of, like, just uh, the SBs, I know you also filmed that commercial for Gatorade back for the back in 09. Did you meet more celebrities during that commercial or uh, at the SBs? Like, who would you meet on that commercial? Um, at the time, it was in Orlando. It was Tiger Woods and the Jabberwockies. Jabberwockies? That's yes. sick. That's so cool. Did you watch so them? Like, cool. did they do like a performance for you guys there? Or like, how, how was it? How was it seeing them live? That's probably crazy. Well, the scene when we got there, um, it was like one of those quick trips. Um, I was lined up behind Tiger Woods, so I got to watch his shoot before I went on my yeah. shoot, and then the Jabberwockies were behind me. Um, it was unbelievable to get to see Tiger at the end of it and his shoot, and it was. It was a quick uh, five-minute meeting. Mm -hmm. Joe, Joe, going back to what you said about Jay and all the awesome, awesome stuff he does, especially the marathons, I think, I think that, in my mind, Jay, is the coolest thing you've done is run that many marathons because I just can't imagine having the mental fortitude to not run one, two, but would you run like 16 of them? 16. How – can you just briefly run us through like how tough that is mentally and then how you in the first place were like, yeah, you know what? I'm already world famous. I got an SB hit six threes, beat Kobe out for an SB. Let me go run some, some big time marathons. Well, it was after, um, it was in 2011, um, is when I started and I ran cross country in high school and I was actually had a more successful career up until the basketball game and cross country and track. Um, at high school, then I didn't, and then, and then I did basketball up until the game. Um, and I said I was done, I was burned out. Um, I was then when I got coaching for like seven years after, or oh, four years after. Um, I said I woke up one day and I said, What can I do that's in my control athletically can keep the competitiveness up because coaching is. I'd say about 60% out of your control. Um, as you can lead the horse to the water, but you can't drink it for him. Um, and then six months into my training, after I did my first half at Flower City, I logged on the laptop and said, said I'm gonna, it says for my age group at the time, which was 25 years old, which was 20 to 34, um, 305, which is three hours, five minutes. And... I said I'm going to beat I'm going to beat that at Rochester, and I have to beat it by a margin. 
and I beat it at 301.49. And uh, then I did my second Rochester in three hours, 54 seconds. Then I get to my third, my third marathon in Boston the year after the bombing. The critics were saying, you ain't going to beat three hours on that course. No way. Well, 257.5, and that was one of the most historical events I've ever been a part of. Um, imagine running, with hear, not hearing yourself breathe. The fans are hyping you up, and yeah. it's just mayhem. The weather was great that day, a little on the warm side, but it was just emotional being at the line and then seeing the jet drive uh, right over. And, like, after the year anniversary of the Boston bombing, was a great honor, and I ended up going three more after that, um, hoping to get back someday. Um, it's just a, it was just a great feeling, and uh, and then you get to see Flutie at the Flutie at the line. You get to see Teddy Bruschi. You get to see all the elites come out right in front of you. Um, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, the Boston Marathon. So I actually moved to Boston um, last year during the time when they were going to start. Um, hosting the marathon for that year and the whole city shuts down like it's like it's a day where boston kind of comes together and really celebrates all the athletes that run in it um so that's awesome that you've been a part of that for so many years jay but um i do want to kind of go through your coaching career now because um aside from your athletic days again you're also on the sidelines a lot of your time um so what was the moment in your life that you knew you wanted to be a coach or get involved in coaching i actually started around 17 um at the mod a level with Coach Mole and, um, and then an AAU basketball. It was after that game when everything, when I was, when, when I had all the great success and all the notoriety, um, the message that clicked in my mind is give back to what gave back to you. And um, I wanted to give back to the youth in the, in the, the game of basketball and sports and to a district that gave me all the love, it was my time to give it back to them. That's why I'm a teacher's aide in the district. Um, I always wanted to do that with special needs kids. And being a part of athletics, especially at Athena, um, and I've done other short stints at other places, it's just, it's great when you can coach athletes um, and teach students um, to be better than what you were. And when they go on and do stuff like you guys are doing after high school, guys that go on and play college sports, um, guys that go on that you've made them a, a productive members of society. Um, when you've taught all the life lessons to them and poured into them that they don't realize, you guys, you guys especially probably don't realize until after you graduate from high school, when you see them come back to see what you're doing, then you know you won. So more yeah, than all the championship teams I've been a part of. Yeah, before I let Frank ask you a few things, I want to say from first-hand experience, Jay, that I know you coached both Frank and I, and there was days when I didn't want to go to practice, but if I knew you were there, uh, you made it a whole lot better, and you're definitely a great coach to us in every class, that, every class that you're a part of. So, um, yeah, I know Frank wants to go a little more deeper into your coaching career too. Yeah, and I can echo that, Joe. It's, it's the energy you would bring every day, Jay. And I don't know where you get it from. It was always at 100%. And I loved it, especially in basketball, when um, when you used to practice with us. Like if we were down a guy or something like that, you come practice, we'd be slapping the floor, 
if if we didn't have the ball, like if I wasn't dribbling, like you would be in my back pocket, like going here, going here, wing, wing, wing. I was like, I'm out. I'm already sweating. I'm done. Like I'm just gonna stand over here. Jay's wearing me out. Um, but going off that and the relentless defense you would play in basketball, um, who was the who was the toughest player you ever guarded in practice at Athena? Oh boy, any of them. Um, you had the Casey Sheens, um, Deion Hamilton. John Wallace Jr., obviously I didn't get a chance to guard Anthony in the post as much because that would have just been a total mismatch <laughs> um, for him, for me. Um, um, well, to, I mean, Sarkis was tough to guard. Um, obviously, Zach DeSalvo with his uh, – A lot of good constant, players. There's lot lots of players I can mention throughout yeah. this whole time. Um, a lot of studs. Yes. Um, but – Going back to the, the coaching side of things, you've coached a ton of sports since, since you were 17 and you started getting into it and wanted to give back, which, again, I want to commend you for that selfless attitude that you had. I love that about you. Um, what, what's your favorite sport that you coach? I know you love basketball. and I, I don't genuinely know if that is your favorite sport. If it is, great. But if not, what, what's your favorite sport to coach? Well, I, like, I love them all. Well, basketball is always going to be my passion. Um, mm-hmm. I know about it more, but I also um, – I, uh, right now, I love the baseball and soccer aspect of it, too. Um, I'm the strength conditioning coach for Athena for both. And um, it, I've gotten to the point now where I have to enjoy coaching. If it's um, – I want to I wanna be, a part, be a part of a good group of guys consistently for years to come um, because that's what makes it enjoyable when teams – that every kid is a good kid and you can have fun with them and uh, enjoy every minute of them more than the wins and losses. Then, you know, you've had fun. Um, that's, that's the way, that's the way I look at it now. Um, Cause I, the one thing that early on in my career and when you guys were there, you guys, you guys had me when I was real young and um, yeah, real young and where now I'm much older than the players and it mm-hmm. took me a little while to gain the respect and gain the credibility. And, um, cause I was five years younger, five years older than you guys. And like back then it took me a while. It's when I first started there, it took me a while to get the respect of the players, uh, right out of high school. Cause I was closer to your ages mm-hmm. and now I am now um that sort of thing and it takes then when you guys when kids graduate from high school then they it takes them a while to realize what a coach did for them negatively or positively absolutely man that was a, that hey, was that, a lesson I learned sure real quick. sure and and before before we let you go um, I just had one more question for you. Obviously, you are someone who's had a massive, massive impact in the autism community. And I know these times, especially with the pandemic, are, are tough. Um, and they kind of interfere with your day-to-day and whatnot. And I want you to just kind of give us something that we can do to help you and the autism community during this time um, in any way, shape, or form are able to do so. We'd love to kind of just give yourself, give, give us a message. Um, we're all here to help you and the community, and we want to make sure that 
you're able to kind of speak your mind. Well, I'm a, I'm a, as I'm a teacher's aide with special needs kids and with kids with autism, um, I do want people to realize that how valuable the job as a teacher aide, a child care associate or a special ed monitor is, should be much more appreciated when the schools reopen um, because they work directly in the trenches with those type of kids day in and day out. And, and I'm an ambassador for Autism Up um, on the board. And anybody that wants to support Autism Up and make, and make sure they survive during these pandemic of COVID-19, go on autismup.org uh, and show your support and hand a donation. We'll take any, any support we can get right now. And I want more people to realize that um, the special needs kids need the hands-on support when this um, schools reopen. Um, that education in special education, the kids need it, um, the hands-on support. It's really what they're suffering right now because of the social distancing. Because they, um, every autistic kid or any special needs kid has a specific routine every single day. And to have that taken away from them, it's just throwing them for a loop. And it threw me for a loop when it, um, in, in the beginning of this. And now I'm finding some sort of backup routine now until the schools reopen, um, the grocery store and uh, doing all sorts of online, um, online school and also uh, still working out and uh, doing the Zoom fitness classes. So every Thursday night at 6 p.m., join us, $5 donation. Um, on, on Zoom to, uh, to Autism Up um, at six o'clock on Thursday night. It's a fitness class for about half hour, 45 minutes um, for, now until, for now until we get things rolling here um, and the gyms can reopen. Um, yeah, and, and that's what um, I'm gonna leave you guys with this quote is if, if you don't dream it, you can't become it. If you never, never give up, you'll never fail. Positive thoughts bring positive results. Um, it takes talent to get to the top. We need work ethic and character to stay there. Thank you and God bless. Love you, Jay. And last thing awesome, before, Jay. again, before I let you go, um, as you know, we have started kind of a little, a week, week and a half long um, donation to help support Autism Up. We posted Appreciate a bunch that. of stuff on our socials on Thursday, on our Instagram and Twitter. The links are in our bios, folks. So you can go right there. You can donate. We just ask you when you guys do donate. I don't even care if it's a dollar. I know everyone has a dollar. It can help. Um, when you guys are donating, there's going to be a box that asks you, what else do you want, want us to know about your donation? Just please put the word JMAC in the box. That way they can track our donation, knowing coming from our followers and our group. That way, at the end of next week, um, we can kind of pull it together and see how much money we we're able to raise for, for the Autism Up Foundation. So uh, J Mac, this was awesome, man. I know about you, you very bro, much. but we got we'll do this again eventually. And um, you're the man, brother. Um, stay safe. As always, let us know if, if we can do anything for you. We're all here, not just Joey and I, but everyone who follows us and the community as a whole. You've been inspiration to all that. of us. So, all right, brother. Love you it, take Jay. care. Okay, Love you, Jay. Take care. Love you. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you all enjoyed our awesome interview with. Jason, J-Mac, McElwain, hot as a pistol, absolute beast. 
Um, and if you guys didn't catch the last bit of it, we are doing an awesome fundraiser for the Autism Up Foundation, which is the foundation of J Max Choice. He's part of, of their board as well. Links are in the bios for our Instagram as well as our Twitter. Um, and we will, again, we ask you when you do donate to just please, when it asks you if there's anything else you need to, you'd like them to know about the donation, just type in the word JMAC so they can track that at the end of the next week when we, we go and have them pull that report, they can, they can show us how much money we raised. Already got some donations coming in. I appreciate you guys so much. Again, I, Joey and I said, even if it's $1, even if it's a 50 cents, just anything we can do to help out them. Um, as he explained it, it's, it's been a tough time for, for those with autism um, messing with the pandemic kind of messing up their, their daily routines that they so, so much need. Um, all right. Couple, couple minutes left here in episode three, some cool news in the golf world. We're going to have Tiger and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady on May 24th. I love this shit. And I think we got a little competition brewing here between you and I. Yeah, we do. And, uh, I'm making my pick first. I'm going with Phil and TB, uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning is and always will be Tom's little baby bitch. Um, I don't see. I got you back. I, 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 I have no idea if they're good at golf, Peyton and Brady. I'm sure they are, but like, I don't care. It's, if, if I see uh, Brady and Manning, I'm going Brady every time, no matter what the event is. That's fine. That's fine. I will take Tiger and I will take Peyton. I love them both very, very much. I'm yeah. banking heavy on once the world opens up, like casinos and anything to do with gambling is the first place to make money because everyone is absolutely scratching themselves to place a bet on anything. So once those casinos open up, like once those like, I'm sure they'll have like a DraftKings like, you know, sponsor casino, like a center to gamble. Uh, those places are going to absolutely explode because everyone is just dying to bet on literally anything at this point. Mm -hmm. I think other states are seeing how, how much money that Jersey made. Yes, dude. And I think the, the funniest thing about this is bringing it back to like, um, just living in like a Hoboken area, right? You have the train that crosses the Hudson river. It goes to New York city, but in New York city, it's not legal to gamble. So there is right. people that are so, so addicted to gambling or just like need to place a bet so bad. They'll take the train from New York City into Hoboken or Jersey City, whatever's closer first, place their bet, get back on the train and go back to New York City. It's like, dude, these people are absolute savages. Um, I'd be doing the same thing, though. Not going to lie if I lived in the city, but luckily I'm on the Jersey side. So it's pretty cool. Um, we should do a Twitter poll for the punishment. Yeah. Okay. Quote us on that. Twitter poll for, for punishment for who loses. I lost money on Tiger last year when he, or two years ago when he had the Tiger Phil thing. So this is revenge. Um, Tom can only win on the football field, so we're gonna we're good here at Tiger and Manning. Um, Colorado, state of Colorado, legalizing sport gambling. This is sick. Another state welcomes to the degenerate world. Any of you DraftKings. DraftKings stock owners like myself, super pumped to hear about that as well because they are going to be operating with FanDuel as well um, in Colorado, offering esports betting right now. Obviously, there are sports too when they come back. Um, my opinion personally, before I let you get your take on here, this is going to start being the norm. Um, states are going to need some money coming out of this pandemic, and gamblers are going to want to start spending some money on, on shit they haven't been able to gamble on. So NASCAR's back, Joe. Okay. Keep going. Okay. That's our NASCAR talk for the day. Um, <laughs> want to breeze over the, the youth sports world. I think it's, it's still sports, right? 
Um, I didn't realize how massive the sports youth sports industry is worth about 15 billion annually. They're struggling right now, getting registration fees, obviously. So I don't know why I say anything more than that. I feel bad for them, but I just didn't realize how I think big youth sports is. Sucks, dude. It's tough. I, I just think, think of the little league days with us, like not being able to play and like, that yeah. sucks big time. Um, Let's right, get into some AMA. questions. AMA. Yeah. Who's going first? Um, me? Wait, 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 did, last week you were kind of pissed off. People didn't do do right by you. Did they ask better questions? I did. This week? I got I got a little better ones. I think. Okay. So I, I I'll ahead. take it. Each and every week we'll get a little better. Um. So the first one I got my boy uh, B O'Leary, my boy Brendan from uh, Q's Baseball, play also lives in Boston near me. Uh, he wants the Alfieri secret sauce recipe. Uh, and obviously the clear answer to that is that you ain't getting it. Um. <laughs> I will say that every year my family uh, does make our own sauce out in the garage in the driveway, uh, just buy an absolute like absurd amount of tomatoes and like actually like, grind them up, like season them, jar them, the whole nine. Um, we go through that every summer, so that's why you know it's homemade. So it's just it's just automatically better. It's not anything. And you you can't come out that whole weekend. Hey Joe, you come on tonight? Nah, dude, my dad's holding gotta, a gun like, point. I gotta smash, smash tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> Sick, dude. Um, got a question here asking if you and I were uh, D-bags in high school, and I thought we were pretty cool. Um, we were, like, probably definitely D-bags in high school, I think. Here's the thing. Like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real vulnerable here for a second. I don't think I was a D-bag, right? I you love everybody me. for who they were. You more than but, me. But, like, my shirts may have been a little too small <laughs> at times. And just, like, when you, play, when you play multiple sports, I think you get, like, the, just the natural D-bag tag on you. So, Sick if I was – yeah, right there. See, that's exactly it. Maybe I was then. I'm sorry if I was and if I still am. Like, I genuinely love all of you people, and I'm not mean to be a D-bag. I'm, maybe I'm just ultra-competitive and not self-aware. But whatever. Anyway. We were definitely, Joe, we were Joe, definitely dude, Joe, Joe was like 120 pounds soaking wet in high school, so he wasn't even, like, visible. He was, like, flat Stanley walking down the hallway. People couldn't even see him enough to be a douchebag. So don't worry, Joe, you weren't. Bro, I, I ran those halls, bro. Get off me. <laughs> um, all right, next question. Uh, who would win an arm wrestling match? Moving on. Um, who will win more games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. That's not even a question. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's me. Oh, is, it's, is that a D-bag comp? It's me. Is that, it's me. Not, okay. I'll win. Yeah, sure. You got it. Who will uh, win more games? Who will win more games? Brady or Belichick? Um, I'll, I'll answer first. I'm going to go with Brady. I'll go the other way. Go Belichick? I'll go against the public. You don't have to. I, I think, I don't know. I just think... He set up more me. for success this, than, this, than Bill was. This scares me more than anything before. Bill Belichick not having Brady, like he's behind the scenes cooking something up. So like, yeah, if he I'm if not, he wins, dude, he's like he's confirmed like Darth Vader, like he's not human. And don't forget that the gauntlet, the gauntlet division that Brady's in, like the Falcons are rebuilding with with having Gurley, like they're not bad. The Saints are still a powerhouse, and then you got McCaffrey to worry about. You know, it's not an easy division. Then what chance? My buddy and your buddy too. Um, he told he wants me to try and pronounce Elon Musk's son's name. I'm not um, even gonna try. So, so you, you go ahead. No, go well, ahead. I'll do it if you'll do me the pleasure of spelling it, Frank, and then I'll I'll try and say it. I, spell it for me. I can't even spell it. Wait, okay, so it's like it's like X. It's like an A E symbol, which is like which is Ash. That's how you say it. Yeah. A dash twelve. A It's like their favorite airplane okay. or something like that. Exashed twelve. 
Don't you see that? It's like breaking. It's like breaking a law in the state of California because they're only allowed. To His use name is letters. Yeah, you're only allowed to use like the alphabet. Twenty six letters alphabet. Why say it one more time? Who cares? Say it one more time. Say it one more time. X Ashton A twelve. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I hope everyone's getting kicked out of it like we are. All right. All right. Um, um, that's all, all I had. Um, yeah. So better than last week. It's still kind of they still kind of stink. So yeah. we got it. Come on, coffee fans. Gotta do better. Okay. For me. I can't believe I'm actually giving this kid a shout out right now, Zach DeSalvo. Oh, gross. I know. I know. Love you, Zach. Ask <laughs> <Not> what, <laughs> what life is like in the big cities. I won't go. We, we can't. We don't have time to go on all these rants about no. the big city. But I just know that if you haven't done it, do it. If you're thinking about yes. it, do it. Get out of your home city. Get out of your home area. Get a little uncomfortable. One thing I'll what I'll say, Frank, is that you you can always always go back to where you came from because like, it's not a bad thing to ever go back to where you grew up like it's like that's no fault in anybody uh the way that i see i think if you just if you want to try it you have to at least give it like a year or two and if you hate it you hate it like who cares like and you go, yeah. go back to where you're from it's not a big deal um but the way that i see it also is like in a big city i just i don't always i don't always go out and do stuff but, like i have i always have the opportunity to do something which yeah you don't always get in every town so that's that's what i'll say about that and another big thing too before we move on you just learn that the life you had growing up, like, isn't what everyone else experiences. Like, you it's just, so, it's it opens so up. Dude. Yeah, it's so funny. But it makes, it makes it so, you're, like, so much better as a person, so much more open to things. Like, you just, yeah. it's just, it's super cool. I, do, I would do it. We're lucky enough to be in some, some really cool cities in Boston, in New York, Hoboken, whatever it is. Um, okay, this one from the legendary David Joseph, DJ Spitali. Um, favorite teammates of all time. Joe, you can think about yours while I go. I'm not okay. gonna really pick singular players outside of football. I will. Um, you can. I'm. I'm gonna pick for, for baseball, basketball. I'm gonna pick teams, but for football, DJ Spitali, you are one of my favorites ever. Um, he was my center, so my hand was under his, under his groin every single day of practice, and he's just the funniest, funniest kid on earth. And then another um, brother of mine, who it sounds weird to say I look up to, but because we're the same age, but Ryan Prevost, that kid had a motor like yeah. no other. He would play receiver, and he would return kicks and punts, and then he would go play safety. And, like, he would – you know how he gets his super red face when he gets super, like, tired? Yes. He'd be out there yeah. at safety just, like, sprinting in, just rallying kids, just running them he over, no, he has come no back, quit. return the punt, and go run, like, a 35-yard slant route that I hopefully didn't overthrow him on. Um, but love nice. him. Probably Basketball – yeah, Probably. Basketball-wise, I just want to give a shout-out to the starting five on our sectional team. The whole team as a whole, but that starting five was so cool. To, 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 I, I didn't, like, play that much, but it was just cool to, that like, be around them. Um, having Jay Sarkis at point guard, DeSalvo, one of the best defenders you ever going to play against. Um, Deion Hamilton, who him and Jay played together at Damon College. You got Braxton Wilson, my man. And then um, everyone knows Anthony Lamb. Knock on wood, maybe we'll get him on the show at some point. That'd be pretty cool, you know, an NBA Stay draft prospect. We'll see. You never know. Um, baseball. I'm not never going to pick a player because the World Series team we had in my junior year was just outweighed any certain person I can pick. That team was just absolutely electric. It didn't matter who we played, when we played them, if we were down or not. We went on like a 15-game win streak that year. And I'm pretty sure we might have been hung over for like the majority of those games. We would just, it didn't matter. Like we just knew every game we were going to go in and we were going to win. And it was it was so much fun. Um, so that's kind of my quick, my quick three-sport favorite team slash player. I'll go fast because no one cares about me or my sports growing up. Uh, as a kid, easily uh, baseball and basketball uh, was our boy Bird, Andrew Fox. 
Uh, we used to be called the Spaghetti Bros. We both had like these like gross like mop top haircuts, and both of us stunk. But we just always went out there and did our best. Always had fun, laughing our asses off playing every travel sport. Um, and then at the college, um, my roommate at college at Q's, I played club ball a couple of years at Syracuse. My roommate Zach Lachance. Um, it was cool that being roommates and both of us being like both try out the same year, both made it. Um, so that was cool to kind of live with him and also just like kind of experience like together every day. Um, he's from Maine. So when I first met him, like he said, like, he plays baseball. Um, I I was off the bat. I thought he sucked. I'm like, oh Maine, like who plays sports in Maine? Uh, it turns <laughs> out he was he was turns out he was way way better than me. Like one of the best guys in our team. He was a, he used to absolutely rake. Um, so it was cool playing with Zach, just being roommates and also then experiencing baseball together at Hughes. He can throw some beers back too, eh? Yeah, you Shout sure out can. All right, uh, two more quick ones before we let you guys go about your days. Um, Coworker of mine, Kale Holland, shout out. He said, top five promising, most promising young talents in MLB, NFL, NBA. We're not going to go through top five right now just for the sake of time. But I'm going to go through one, a, each. one each. Yeah, yeah, yeah one each. Uh, we'll start in MLB. Uh, I'm going to go maybe with a popular choice. Maybe not. Juan Soto, watching what he did last, last year in the playoffs. Like, he, he has an opportunity to become the face of baseball. I know yeah. there's plenty of other absolute studs out there right now, but, like, what he did, the, the press he gave for the game, I'm all about growing the game. And, like, he did it in the most cocky way possible that I still respected and then went on to win a World Series. So, looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. How about you? I'm all in on uh, on Tatis Jr. for the podcast. Tatis! Uh, he's so glad the game is going kind of towards, like, you know, like swaggy athletes who like, can, like, make like, – like, last year there's something, like, uh, play loud. Like, I love that, like, making baseball more fun and watchable. Uh, mm-hmm. He's part of that way of, like, he's a shortstop, but he drops, like, absolute bombs. Uh, speed, good glove, can hit like five tool player. Um, so I think Tat- he's already well known, but I think Tatis is going to be around for like a long time in the pros. For sure. Absolute stud. Uh, moving to the NFL, I was going to say Joey Burrow just to kind of see if he can sustain his success, but I, I'm really interested to, I'm really, and I'll let you touch on him if you want, but I'm really interested to see and just, just all the wide receivers that got taken this year. Like, yeah, they were hyped. This, this class was hyped. so hyped up more than ever, dude. And just like the turmoil of certain teams. <laughs> yeah, certain teams didn't draft him. And like Rubs went first before all the other ones. And the Eagles didn't take – like just all, I just wanted to see all those guys and how they pan out. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. How about you? Just think about – Joe Burrow has like this moxie. That like, I don't know. Like, like He played like – he didn't play bad as junior, but he was not obviously as what he was today. Um, right. Joe Burrow just has some sort of like – I think he has something like in him that like clicked senior year. I think, he, I think he's like a different like human now. Like, he's like on a whole new level, like a like confidence and yep. just like, some, like he's a little like, little like extra step. Like, I don't know. I think, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a solid quarterback. I don't know about being the best in the league, but I think Joe, I think we're going to be saying Joe Burrow's name like for a long time. Like I think he's going to have a great career. Um, albeit with the Bengals. So I don't like, he has a lot against him that he has to overcome to like make that team good, um, which will only go to credit him in the future. So if he ends up turning the Bengals around, like a playoff team every year, um, I would call that a good career for Joey B. But I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm pumped to see, I'm pumped to see him play. Yeah, that'd be cool. Finally, NBA. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I think I'm, I'm choosing Lamelo Ball. Sorry, I'm gonna start with that. Uh, he has a very punchable face. I don't know if I'm if I'm okay saying that, but I'm gonna say it because that's how I feel. That's free country. Um, yeah, how old is he? He's like a kid. I don't well, know, but kid. he's not anymore. He's playing. He's gonna own a team and no, oh, whatever true. country he's playing. All right, yeah, hit, him. hit him. But like. There's hype about him and the Ball Brothers, and it's going to be cool to see LeVar back in the scene. Um, having LaMelo in the league would be cool, so I'm looking forward to him and my boy Zion. But you got yeah, anybody? NBA, I don't know. I feel like NBA, 
the rookies now, like everyone knows who they are. I feel like there's no guy that you don't know about that's gonna gonna be good. The NBA is the easiest league, like more like, quote unquote easiest league to go, like just like college or pro and make that immediate impact. Um, I don't know, man. I like John Morant. He talks a lot of shit. I like that. I like John. He's, like, he's really he's young. I talk a ton of shit. Um, they were on the verge of being like, like they were a good team, Memphis. Like he could have brought them to the playoffs. Like they were doing well. Um, so I, I want super I marketable too. Yeah. Yeah, so I hope he gets, keeps talking that talk, and also he has the ball to back it up, which he which he was. He was going nuts. So, mulling on Jaw. Final one, and this is this is a repeat offender from last week. Mm. Quality Greens. For those of you who listened last week, Quality Greens is, is a restaurant in Hoboken. It's like a really healthy, healthy version that I cook right in front of you of like Chipotle type thing. And last week they said, "What's your favorite meal you ever had?" So I gave him the kudos, like, "Oh, some meal from your place." And then this week they comment on it and say, "Takeout or delivery?" Did Joey. Joey had some word, choice words in them last week. He wanted them to pay up as sponsors. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to. How about how about this week, Joe? What, what what's your what's so, your week two? Um, they said they said takeout want- or delivery. Yeah, I want Quality Greens to take out their wallet and deliver me some cash because we're giving a lot of free press for no good reason. I've never eaten there before. I don't know you. But Frank keeps talking you up. Take out your wallets so, and deliver that cash. All I'm going to say is, Frankie, keep talking. Joey, get some money. So, Quality Greens, you're on notice. Chill out with the AMAs. You're, on, you, you're done. You're cut off. Unless I get a little cash. Cold hard cash. All right, finish this up, Joe. I don't think you'll yep. hear about us anymore. Thanks for listening, people. Um, I want to say last note of the show, um, the blog contest is still going. Uh, I'm going to end it on uh, May 15th. So I think what next Friday, I think that is. Um, want to get a few more submissions. We already got a bunch. Um, the blogs have been pretty good so far. So I'm very surprised that like our friend group, people that know our friends, um, the writing has been like, really good. Like I'm, like, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, so if you want to jo- join uh, the Sauce Gang, Write a few blogs. Have some fun. Again, it's not strenuous. It's all for fun. It's a good laugh. Uh, I got a fun little group, a group chat going on. Um, so email saucepod, um, saucepod.chat at gmail.com. I will read the blogs. And we're going to end it on May 15th, and I will announce the winner on Twitter. Let's close it up. Happy Sunday, everybody. Enjoy your mother's sauce. Keep following us all week. We'll be back. Stay saucy. Thank <laughs> you.